Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, he spent almost a quarter century with the Air Force. He retired as a major, and now he's bringing some of those life lessons that he learned in the military to corporate America. His journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I admire so much the hardworking men and women who served our country in the military. Think about all the life lessons they've learned, punctuality, teamwork, discipline, grit, overcoming obstacles, challenges, having a backup plan if the, uh, the first plan doesn't work. Somebody who knows a lot about that, uh, my good friend Brian Maddox. He's a leadership expert and he's a retired Air Force major. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. And I got a, we met at a conference and he has the coolest jacket. I said, is that real? And you uh, said, you bet. Yeah, you bet. Okay. I got it in 1993 in my first uh, flying assignment. And you were telling me when you unpackaged it for the first time. <laughs> I mean, did it smell like leather? What do you remember? Oh yeah, it totally smelled like leather. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was brand new. I was, so, I was so excited. The Air Force at the time actually had just started a new program, kind of a pilot retention program back then. And hey, let's give them leather jackets and that way we can compete with the airlines better. So we were all very excited to get our, our leather jackets. Okay, let's start at the very beginning. Did you want to be in the military as a kid? Yeah, I, my military journey started when I was about nine years old. And um, I was really the last kid you would ever think would want to be a fighter pilot. I was just kind of timid. I like bugs. I like building model airplanes, things like that. But in the process of building model airplanes and hanging them on my ceiling, I, I really fell in love with airplanes. And one day I said, hey, I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. And that just, that one decision started the whole wow. rest of my life, really. And just to give the appreciation for how much hard work goes into it, you're, you're in the academy for four years because yes, you're flying planes worth how much? Uh, so in the Air, so the Air Force Academy is a college, yeah. right, in, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You get through that and then you go, at least I did, immediately into pilot training and then it's you know, 20 years after that. So... Uh, I have really had the privilege of flying a, a, a lot of different airplanes. So I started off in special operations and C-130s, uh, doing the, you know, all the covert missions you hear about with the Navy SEALs, things like that. Uh, flew trainer jets. I, ended, I was in the F-15E Strike Eagle community for a while and uh, finished my flying career in the U-2 spy plane. Wow. And just, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're flying a jet worth $50 million. It has more firepower than a than a... B-17 squadron from World War II. And, pretty, and how old were you at the time? 30. 30. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility to put on a 30-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we've got some pictures, and I want you to tell us what these what these pictures represent right. to you. What are we looking at? So that's actually me in a space in my spacesuit in my in, in a U-2 spy plane. I'm actually in the cockpit over somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, I'm sure. 
Um, but but yeah, the, air, the aircraft flies at seventy thousand feet. You have to use uh, you have to wear a spacesuit suit spacesuit in case of uh, rapid decompression. Wow! And this next picture. So that is me actually after my very last mission in the U two um, in in the Middle East, and that's my that's my hero shot for my Finney flight, and uh, and then I went off to do a couple of different things, went to school, and and uh, ended up at Edwards Air Force Base doing flight tests. Wow. We've also got some um, file tape, if you will, of uh, different fighter uh, planes. Uh, will, you, will you talk about what you're looking at here? Yeah, so this is the F-15 taken off in full afterburner. Uh, that's a two-ship uh, altitude. Here's two uh, F-15s doing a break uh, over a, an airbase probably to land. Uh, close fingertip formation. That's really fun. And man, that's just that's just cloud cloud hopping right there. And just, <laughs> Does this yeah, bring back nice memories? Oh yeah, oh it, it's, it's so much fun. You can't you can't even talk about it without getting goosebumps. And just you know, F fifteen overhead. Um, a cool story about all of that is uh, when I was at uh, going through F fifteen training at uh, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. What I would do, I would go look at the flight schedule, and my my son, who was two, almost three at the time. We would go out to the end of the runway uh, with a four ship of F-15s taken off, and they go full afterburner. And you just get this: the airplane's this size, the, the afterburner trail's that big, wow. and just this white, blue, yellow, orange plume, and the earth shakes. And we're like a couple hundred feet away. Just we'd park at the end of the runway just in the evening to go check it out. Wow. It was the coolest thing. Well, I know um, you retired, and you retired as a major. That yeah. had to be kind of bittersweet, was it? Very. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize what the zipper suit meant. Okay, when I say the zipper suit, there's everybody's seen Top Gun, right? So you've got the green flight suit, and it's got a bunch of zipper suits on it, uh, or a bunch of zippers on it. So we were pilots in the Air Force are, are sometimes jokingly referred to as zipper-suited sun gods, right? <laughs> so you retire, you take that suit off, and like, okay, how do you follow that? Wow. You know, and and for me, I was like, ah, I lived off base my whole career, no big deal. I'll just, I'll just assimilate. It's fine. And man, it was a, I, I didn't for a while. I get it. Yeah. Well, it's, so many of the lessons uh, that you learned can be applied to corporate America. Yes. And when you think about it, a you know, a well-oiled machine in corporate America is every different um, division is working together and everybody has each other's back. Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> but think about in, in the, you know, your role, um, it wasn't just you doing your job. You, you know, mechanics had to do their job. Like everybody had to do their job. Right. Talk about the importance of getting everybody together. Exactly. And that's, that's a kind of a segue into what I'm, what I'm moving, moving into in my career because, you know, there's there's a lot of false parallels, you know, correct and false parallels between business and and the military, and the 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 aspect that I really want to get into when I'm moving into is kind of what you alluded to a little bit earlier. You're 30 years old, and I'm flying a fighter jet with all this firepower, um, you know, worth 50 million dollars, and, and I'll go one I'll go one better than that, you know, at at that age, not only are you flying one jet, you're a four-ship flight lead, you're in charge of four of these things, or you could be a, an airborne mission commander and you're in charge of the entire strike package of fighters, bombers, special ops, tankers, ISR assets. Uh, 
intelligence surveillance reconnaissance. Um, and that's you, and, and you're in charge of the whole bloody thing at 30-ish years right. old. You know, so that those those capabilities for a 30-year-old or or someone like that, they're they're there. People are able to do this. Um, in, a, in a team environment, and I'll, I'll emphasize that because there's a couple of aspects to that you've touched on both of them. Um, you know, one is the competency. One of the things that I was, I struggled with when I got out of the military was when I was in the military, I was trained for everything I did. Mm-hmm. I was highly trained for everything I did. When I got out of the military and went into business development, program management, things like that, you know, mid-level management, if you will, you know, I felt like I was just being, okay, here's a briefing and go read it and, and figure it out. And I got to go get on an airplane, you know, to go talk to the customer and yeah, hey, sorry, you can't come. And it, there was just, it, it was just a go figure it out for yourself process. And a lot of people are able to do that. I, 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 I'm a big fan of the 80-20 rule. Um, so yeah, maybe your 20% most talented people are able to do that, but there's a lot of people who struggle with that. And isn't that just kind of a waste of, of talent? Shouldn't we be bringing those people along sure. more? So that's, that's one aspect is that individual competency. Um, the other aspect really is, and I don't think this is a false parallel, is in the military, it's all about the warfighter. Right? You, you go to any military forum and the warfighter, the warfighter, the warfighter. I, I'm, I'm still in the defense uh, aerospace industry, and it's about the warfighter. Well, what does that mean? That's that lieutenant, captain, sergeant, that's that strike package leader, that F-15 pilot, that tank driver. Uh, I know you had a special ops guy uh, on here a while back. I, I listened sure. to that. And, and those guys, the entire DOD points at those people. And in corporate, it's, you know, the... The, the, the energy flows around the executive right. part of the organization. What, what I want to address is this, this, this hybrid organization, this team of teams, right, where you're empowering those people at that, at that mid-level, and then they're going to empower their people. Yes. And then everybody's happier, everybody's more productive, everybody's engaged, right? We hear about employee engagement as the, big, the number one um, you know, corporate, what's the right word? Corporate push, if you will, sure. today. And, and that, that's how you do it. You flow that down and you empower those, those mid-level people. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of coining the phrase mid-level leader instead of mid-level manager. Because in the Air Force, we were flight leaders. We were flight commanders. We were mission commanders, not managers. Well, I can I can tell Brian you're going to be very successful in this, <laughs> this arena and and I say that because you have great war stories. I mean, literal war stories where you can talk about, you know, uh, you know, 20 years in the service and the lessons you learned, the things you did right and the things yeah. you did wrong. For the CEO who's watching this right now who says, "Man, I I might need to bring Brian in." What kind of problems do you help them solve? So, what I want to do is you know, go into a corporate environment. And, you know, at the moment, uh, I'm thinking smaller, smaller to mid-sized companies and, and, and business units, kind of like, you know, the environment that I work in. And let's talk about 
three things, and I mentioned two of them already. So there's there's three aspects to what I'm 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 teaching. Number one is those those leadership competencies, and you know when you talk leadership, there are so many. I mean, good Lord, go to Barnes and Noble or look at Amazon. I think there's one key, and it's and it's and it's service. It's servant leadership, and if you go in with a mindset that that I'm serving the people that work for me on my team. Everything else almost takes care of itself if you have that mindset. The second issue is that the, 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 the business structure. You know, how do we aim all of this energy at those mid-level, at, at that mid-level junction, right? And then thirdly is, um, you know, one of the things that I think uh, makes me sort of unique at this is I've, I've been through business school and I have a systems engineering degree. So... There are frameworks and techniques to actually map all of this out so that it makes sense to people. I'm a big visual learner. Anytime I'm working with a team, everything's on a whiteboard. I use a, a, a technique called Scrum. Very visual, very iterative, very interactive. Yes. So there is, there is methodology for this it's, it, it, and, and a discipline methodology, and it's all proven. Wow. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and for sharing your, your, your time and talents with Corporate America because I think so many companies need what you have. We're going to end with the website, which is brianmaddox.com. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.